Hello, everybody. Welcome to Drag Time with Heclina, Season 1, Episode 8. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're growing really fast in terms of listens and downloads, and we have each of you to thank for that. If you'd like to support Drag Time with Heclina, the number one thing you can do, and it's totally free, is tell people about the show or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on the Apple Podcasts, leave us a fun or flaming review. Those really help grow the audience. If you want to throw us a few bucks to help with our expenses, you can hit us up on Cash App, where we are found as Drag Time, or visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com, for other ways to support us. I will say, when I say us, I really mean Mark, because Mark is doing all the work, and I'm lounging here in my house in Palm Springs, eating bonbons and watching television. But Mark is the one who does all the editing, and, you know, uh, we have to get equipment. Anyway, support Mark if you can by going to um, Cash App for Drag Time or go to the website. A few people have sent us donations, and I so appreciate it because that allows us to keep paying for the hosting and website and all that nerdy stuff that Mark needs to do, and he does, but I don't know what he does. So thank you. We're just happy to be here providing you fun and fancy-free entertainment in the time of COVID. So thank you for joining us. So Mark wrote that. Mark, is this really fancy-free? Uh, it's fancy. And it's, <laughs> it's it's free to everyone else. <laughs> All right. Okay, so it's not that fancy, but it's fucking free. <laughs> okay, it's free. So um, I have a very special guest uh, today, somebody that I have been friends with for a long time. Uh, I first met uh, in Seattle when I used to run a nightclub called Tranny Shack, and she performed um, at my club, and she was a she idolized me just so so much it was yeah really, it was really ridiculous i and can't I tell to, you how nervous i was she she fawned over me it was kind of embarrassing and she went on to some sort of success on her own i think she's gonna we're gonna talk to her about it <laughs> please welcome my very dear friend it's benda la creme hi Yay. hi 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 heclina hi mark hi how are you honey i'm so i'm well i mean i'm as well as somebody can be in this situation but i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be hearing your lilting voice <laughs> my my soothing voice so yeah um i cannot believe it you know a little over two months ago you and i and peaches and gus and a bunch of other people we were on what is now unthinkable we were on a cruise ship mm -hmm. and, and uh you know we we heard little rumblings here and there about coronavirus and you know they were just telling us if you had been to china you know you can't come on we didn't i didn't take it that seriously on yeah the well there were ship. those two ships that were in quarantine at the time at, at that time yeah i did it wasn't on my radar so much and they told us that they were going to do special precautions but it really didn't seem anything different you know that it just seemed like well anyway then it began to accelerate and um you you know you were going to come to oasis and do a show of course everything's so uncertain we had to postpone that and now well we, we well, all know where we, we were are about now. to do drag becomes her we were oh like literally God. no we were we were in rehearsal and the show was on the 14th and it was i think it was on it was the 12th or the 13th that peaches had to make the call because the governor had put the had said you know, that had capped the number of people that could be in a room. And like, I was in San Francisco with Jinx and we were in rehearsal. And then I just had to fly back to LA where I had just moved on the, at the first of March, this was March mm -hmm. 14th. So I moved to LA on the first of March. 
I went on the road to do a few things, was in San Francisco and was then coming home to like get settled. And I have not left this house that I just moved into since the 15th of March. Isn't that crazy? And I didn't even get to say goodbye to you. I'm just realizing now as we're talking. Well, it's so funny because I was I started to talk about your show that got canceled at Oasis and, you know, and the cruise. But that's right. I mean, postponed Heclina. It's postponed. So right, but I was in rehearsals with you, you with you and Jinx. It was so crazy, and and I, I don't know if Peach has told you, but I was having conversations with her. I was like, "What do you think? Should we? I mean, should we cancel this?" Finally, it was out of our hands. But yeah, like one day it was like, "Oh, you can't have seven fifty, seven hundred fifty people in a, in a venue." Then the next day it was five hundred. The next day it was two fifty, and then the next day it was just canceled altogether. So yeah. I hope we get to do that show in August as planned, but everything's very uncertain right now. Yeah. But, but you, uh, you get to quarantine with your honey, which is good for you. It is. It is good. Yeah. I mean, and we actually, we've been together five years and we never moved in together because it never made any sense. Cause we lived a few blocks away from each other in Seattle. And, um, I was on the road so much and I just Airbnb feed my place when I was gone. So it was like it, the rent thing wasn't really an issue. And, uh, And it always just seemed stupid because we were on the road. Like I was on the road all the time. He was frequently on the road with me. So, you know, if we'd moved, it would have been like a big to do to move. And then we would have been home, what, two months out of the year. So, so anyway, we waited this long to move in together. And as fucked up as everything is, I'm so grateful that we, that we moved into our place to be quarantined together right before all this happened. I can't, it would have been yeah, much more this difficult is, otherwise. This is the big test for any relationship, you know? Um, I keep talking about it like those apocalypse movies where it's like the world is ending <laughs> and there's zombies or whatever, but it's yeah. always just really like set against a personal drama. It's always like a lady coming to terms with her past or whatever. And like the thing just accelerates <laughs> it. And I'm like, oh, this moving in together, this is just like the inciting like sci-fi cinematic incident that is going to like make us work it out, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, it's, it's making people do a lot of things. Like I, I publicly retired at the beginning of February and I was like, I'm not really going to retire, but now I get a taste of what it feels like to be like, you can't work at all. You know what I mean? And you're hooked. And, yeah. And, um, and you also can't, you know, it's, it's making people do things like in a apocalypse movie where we're like, we're only socializing with one or two people and, you know, Mm-hmm. We're we're trying to go out and commune with nature and without it, without without other human beings around. You know? Well, my biggest thing is slowing slowing down. I feel like for years and years and years, I've talked about how I want to not always be working, but I clearly do always want to be working because I never schedule a break, you know. And so, actually, this has been both hard and really good in that it's forcing me to kind of figure out like, okay, what do I do when I'm like, you know, I've gotten really, I've been like cooking a lot and doing things that like normal people do. And I'm like, oh, I actually really like this. And it took a worldwide pandemic to get me to do it. Exactly. Oh, and it took a worldwide epidemic to get you on Cameo, I saw. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jackie B called that out on Instagram. Like she was like, oh, you bitch. And it was like, I, of, of course, I'm like a few people did it, but it was like the second after I posted, I was on Cameo and she was like, oh, you're not too good for Cameo now, huh? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> and I was, I was like, yeah, exactly. The world ended. That's what yeah. it took. You were on Cameo as soon as it was an option. She, she, Jackie's, <laughs> the one who, Jackie's the one who turned me on to it. 
Okay, oh, Morgan Fair yeah. Morgan Fairchild is on cameos. Well, now everyone's on cameo. Uh-huh. It really is like I don't know. They were just doing, there was just some article. I actually was interviewed for this article in Vice that was about all the kind of larger celebrities that are on cameo now that cameo has been courting for years that have been saying no, and now they're all like, all right, what else are we going to do? That's me, like me, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and you and Jackie. Well, the, um, Jackie was the one big celeb they were able to nail down. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Oh, my God. Don't. She doesn't listen to this. No, if, if, if it isn't about her, she won't listen. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized that she texted me and I didn't text her back. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Can we stop talking about Jackie Beat, please? Please. So, um, yeah, one thing that this whole pandemic has gotten me to do. So, you know, for years I was running Tranny Shack and then I bought Oasis and all that stuff. And I never... Even had even a week off, really. And I always told myself, I'd love to do a one-woman show at some point. And now this forced me into doing that. I did that digital drag fest, a couple shows, and I saw you were on there, too. How did your... Is, this is obviously not, not your first time doing video, but performing an entire show within a little rectangle screen to nobody, has it been bizarre for you? Oh, it's so weird. I feel like I did, I did quite a few of them. I think I did a total of 10 or something. And... By the last few, well, I'm actually, I have, I have a couple more left, but the, the last, but so far I've done like 10 and the last few I've done, I've really enjoyed. I feel like I've caught the vibe of it, but it was like the, I mean, the first one was a full on disaster. First of all, like for my, for my show, I just was like, all right, I'm going to figure out how much sort of showbiz I can give them from the confines of my house. So I like set up like LED, like colored stage lights that I had. And I like hung a sequin curtain and I like did all this kind of stuff. And, um, and literally like 10 minutes into my first show, all the fuses in my house blew. Oh my God. All the lights and sound went out. There was no sound and no lights. And I just had to like talk to my laptop for 30 minutes. Did anybody demand refunds? No, people were into it. I I showed them my cat and answered their questions about drag race and they were into it. Um, But yeah, it was, uh, but that was a real, it was one of those things where it's like, great, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong the first time. So now it's going to be better, you know? Um, But it's, it's very weird not to feel the audience response, but I do feel like you get a certain kind of rhythm um, yeah, I don't know. How, how was yours? Uh, they were both fine. You know, I, I, it turns out because I was, I was like, I don't have enough material. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do a one woman show. And then of course I saw what some people consider a one woman show. And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can do it. You know what I mean? So, uh, they both went really well and I actually had time to write a couple songs and some parodies and, you know, so it was a good, uh, adventure for me or a good um yeah a good venture not adventure and uh you know made a little bit of money but they're they they take a lot of money out they even take your tips they do but it's also like you know i mean yes you you are correct it's supply Mm -hmm. and demand because like what other choice do we have at this point well actually uh i think it's actually more profitable to go on facebook live and just and just accept tips because i went on the other night just for an hour, and uh, I made just about as much as I had did on you know one of my one of my shows on there. Really, but to be fair, I was also on there, so 
I don't know. So you were the draw. That makes more sense. Wait, were you? What are you trying to say? You're trying to say. I hope what you're saying is. I hope what you're saying is you're the one who donated the most money. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. That's uh, so, um, well, speaking about. Uh, were, were we talking about Drag Race? Did you mention it? I, think I like did. I said the words, but okay. I but I I felt your nostrils flare when I said them, so I know well, that you caught the scent. Yes, I, it's, it's like yeah, it's like smelling blood, but um, yeah. it's like chum. It's chum. <laughs> uh, what oh, oh what do you think about this current season? If anything, I have not seen any of it. Me neither have I. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't actually watch and it's not, you know, people sort of like gasp and they're like, ooh, shade, because, you know, like twinks love to say that now, but um, like they, like people sort of act like it's some sort of um, me trying to be, I don't know, whatever, make a statement, but it's really not. It's just like, I was on the show. I know how the sausage is made. I've like experienced reality TV and it's not that fun for me to watch anymore. And it's not like I hate it. And I used to be really into watching drag race. I just don't find it like super exciting. I support the Queens. I love the Queens. I see them live. I watch their content online. I love the art of the, of the Queens, but I'm, I'm just not super into the, the produced, um, like drama aspect. Oh, sure. I mean, and I, I got to say, I feel sorry for a lot of them because, you know, Oasis, when I turned it over, I gave Darcy the information to book, to book the Queens. And of course we had to cancel all the bookings. Because oh, it's I like, know. We can't, you know, once Oasis finally opens up, people are going to go back to Oasis, whether there's a Rugal there or not. So uh, I was like, so these Queens, this is now their time to go out and make money and they are kind of screwed, you know? So I feel bad. My friend, Rakam Sakura, who I actually sponsored, I, I sponsored her financially so she could get the, the uh, materials oh, for the cool. runway looks and stuff. But she's, um, I mean, this was her big break. Yeah. Of course, let, let's not talk about who else had a big break and who fucked it up by sexually assaulting and manipulating young men. <laughs> um, that was but, that was uh, a really long way not to start talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it rhymes with Shmeri Shmai, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention her name. Is did this kind of wordplay make it into your digital drag show? Because this is solid. <laughs> yes, it was this level of parody, yes. <laughs> 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 yes. No, I, I have not watched actually. And, you know, Alaska and Sharon would always make fun of me, but I've never watched any of the show. I've, I never saw any of the shows that you were in, except when I had you at Oasis and we watched the episode that night with you on stage. And, you know, I, I've caught it a little bit from showing it at the club. But uh, yeah, no, it's I mean, it's such a big phenomenon, but it's so saturated now. And right. um, I just... You know, I see a lot of drag and I truly love drag and I would prefer to spend my drag time like really watching what people do when they have full control over their work. Right, exactly. We have from Mark's High School Drama Club, two questions submitted by a fan. (gasps) Fan? Ooh, a fan! All right, well, it was great talking to you guys. Have a (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's one. Hi, Vindala. A nice little fun question for you. Mary, Shag, Kill, Ross Matthews, Carson Creasley, 
RuPaul. Ooh. That's a fun, nice little question. <laughs> Just a fun, nice little question. Mary, fuck, kill. Your mom, your dad, your sister. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say is that I love Carson Kressley, and he has been such an absolute doll. And I didn't. Um, you know, I always, I always like enjoyed him, thought he was funny. And I really loved that. Like, you know, he was somebody I was familiar with from the original Queer Eye. And, uh, you know, I remember as a kid when there was some gay media happening, uh, but it was, you know, sort of stuff like Queer as Folk and stuff like that, where I didn't see myself as a super faggy person reflected that Carson Kressley was like, I was like, oh my God, you're here, you know, and like, and that was really amazing to me. And then all these years later, being on the show and not necessarily, you know, you like, sometimes you have the opportunity to have a you know, a relationship outside of the show with somebody, which is just the same as like, sometimes you make friends with somebody at work and sometimes you don't, you know, but, um, but Carson, uh, was somebody that like, you know, I always, he was really warm. I liked his demeanor when we were shooting and he, uh, you know, he's very funny. He's very, he's always got good like puns and gags, but he always actually in person, like you felt this, sense of him being earnest and real, which, uh, which is cool. Cause that's not always true of people who come off that way on television. And, um, and when like maybe a few months had passed, he messaged me on Instagram and he just said like, Hey, I think it's been long enough now since we filmed that it's okay for me to just to reach out to you and say, I really loved what you did. I really think you're super talented. And like, I look forward to seeing you in the future. And he's like, come to shows and he's super sweet and complimentary and he promotes things. And he just like, I have been very like pleasantly surprised by what a doll Carson is in real life. And wow. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, no. So I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess kill the other two and marry him. Yeah. And fuck. I'll marry and fuck him. <laughs> Although it turns out that I have like Ross Matthews went to high school with one of my, uh, Gus's really good friends. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's the end of that I, story. I hope you enjoy I it. Had- I, I had Ross at an event and I hung out with him. He was very sweet. I don't know how real any of that was, but. Oh, he I seems super sweet. Yeah. 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 Well, let's be real. It's not like he had anything to gain from you. Like, why would he be? <laughs> <laughs> true. True. <laughs> All right. Here's one more. Hi, Bendela. I've always wanted to know, do you ever regret taking yourself off of your season of all stars? Cause personally, I think you could have went all the way. Okay, is, d- d- does that queen ask every question? <laughs> it's oh, it's, Is there nobody also, else? Is it Eureka O'Hara? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that is that's Casey Goldsby from Shawnee, Oklahoma, oh, who is okay. literally a now adult member of my high school drama club. And yes, Ooh. they ask most of the questions because they are a big fan. Okay. All right. Um, well, the answer is no, I do not regret it. It's, uh, well, first I'll address the second half of that, which is like people talk to me about this all the time or they like message me or they comment on social media and they're always like, you could have won. And I'm like, 
duh, that's the only (laughs) reason that I was able to do what I did. If I had not been the clear front runner, it wouldn't have made any sense and it wouldn't have been a statement to leave. It just would have been random. You know, it was like, like I, and I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have done it. The only reason it even like occurred to me was because I was like winning and winning and winning. And the whole point was what, like, what else is there to do? Like that, like that's within, you know, it's like, I have proven that I can win this thing. I now get to make the statement that I don't agree to the terms and what could possibly feel better than that, you know? And, um, and I, I feel like, uh, you know, and then people, people sort of have this mournful, like, but you could have won. And I'm like, let's talk about who wins quote unquote drag race. Right. Right. Like there are a million people who take that a million, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm prone to hyperbole. I'm a drag queen, but, uh, uh, you know, there are people who take that crown and, that's what they do. And that's, and then they live, that's the end happily ever after. And there's other people who, you know, who just make a splash on that show and have a career and, and like work hard and make it happen. And they're, you know, some of the favorite people from that show are not people who have won. And so like, what's the real, what's the real way to win drag race? Like, is it the immediate, is it like what you're told as an audience member and contestant in the like short term, or is it like the longevity of your career? I mean, I got to do this really kind of cool, uh, like double thing that I was in the kind of the position to make sort of a statement that I don't love the nature of reality television, but I got to do it in a way that made some of the best reality television that that show has seen. I mean, that episode got the highest ratings of the season and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's like, and, and, you know, what you want as a winner is for people to remember you, for them to want to see you, for them to, to follow your career. And I got that and I got it on my terms. So it's like, you know, feels good. When you talk about that, you didn't agree with the terms. What, what does that mean? Uh, so for all stars, you know, they, um, I know you don't watch drag race, so I'll explain, uh, all stars, (laughs) they, uh, You know, rather than the regular season, the winner, they have like two winners of each challenge and the winners lip sync and then they have to eliminate one of the queens. And to me, when that rule, those rules were introduced on All Stars 2, um, as an audience member, I was, I stopped watching. I stopped watching All Stars 2 because I was like, this is you know, these people are friends. We all know each other. We work together. We're colleagues. Um, and, and to, to get on the show and show what you have and compete and have like the people who are judges, the host whose show it is, have them eliminate you and judge you. Okay, great. That makes sense. But like, but to, to this elimination form where we eliminate each other is just to drum up this kind of drama that is the thing I actively don't really enjoy about drag race. Like I love watching the Queens perform. I love getting to know them, but like the stuff where they just like, like brew up ways for them to squabble in the workroom. Like I see enough squabbling in real life. Like I don't need the fake version. And so, you know, it just was, 
you know, I went on, and I even almost didn't go on all stars because I was so like put off by those terms, those rules, you know, and, um, and they, they asked me over and over and over, you know, and I thought about it and thought about it. And I was finally like, you know, this is one of the, and I talked to a lot of people about it. I talked to peaches about it. I talked to Varla about it, mm-hmm. you know, I, and everyone was like, you know, this is like, you have to take this opportunity. You have to do it. And Mm -hmm. so I went in really conflicted where I was like, yeah, it's true. In terms of opportunities on the horizon in drag, it's like foolish not to, not to see what you can do, you know, but, um, but you know, I was really conflicted and sort of like, but this doesn't sit well with me. And so really what was amazing about the whole thing, like, and it never did, you know, like I, I kept winning and that felt great. And I felt like I was really doing my best on there. Uh, but then every week I, you know, I'd have to deal with making the choice to send somebody home and that felt terrible. And so I just, you know, six episodes in found this moment where I could, actually have both, you know, and, um, it was, uh, you know, so I managed to go in there, feel like I got everything I wanted, which was to like show my stuff and prove to myself I could do it. But then I didn't, but then I got the other thing I wanted, which was not to, not to feel like I was compromising, uh, that sense of disease. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why I refused to go on the show when they asked me. And they asked that's me what they over, told me. Yeah. over, they asked me over and over again. But I know. <laughs> Rue talked about that on the runway and she actually, it was, it was the only time I've seen her cry. <laughs> was she holding a bar of soap or an onion? <laughs> uh, okay. So you talked about peaches, which leads me up to my next topic. Tell us about this uh, old timey radio show you guys did that, uh, that debuted last week. Oh yeah. Uh, we, so, um, so basically, you know, when we were in San Francisco going to do that show with you, um, and then it got canceled and we all went home. I was talking with, uh, Jinx and Peaches and we were just kind of like, you know, what do we do next? And I can't actually remember exactly how the topic of this kind of radio play thing came up, but I think in different ways, we'd all been kind of thinking of different sort of versions of the same thing, but we just decided, okay, like we all, you know, there's these digital drag shows happening. There's people doing things online that are sort of, you know, um, conversational podcasts or videos. There are like, you know, a lot of like lip syncing things happening, but we all like to write stories and write narratives. And so it sort of made sense for us to make it into this sort of 1940s style episodic like serial thing. So we came up with a, um, a detective noir plot, a sitcom and a murder mystery. And uh, so we're creating basically the concept of WQUR is that you're tuning in to a radio station for just a chunk of time. So you hear all of these shows that air on the radio station uh, and you hear all the, the fake commercials we've made that string them together. There's some musical segments. So it's really sort of a variety, but then each 
you know, each, uh, each episode, you get the new installment of each of these three stories. So it's been really fun to work on and it's really campy. And I think it really involves all four of our writing styles really strongly, which is cool. Um, cause we all have very different styles, but it feels very, um, meshed. The show is uh, written and recorded and produced by me, uh, Peaches Christ, Jinx Monsoon, and then Major Scales, who not some people might not know his name as well as the others, but Major Scales is Jinx's uh, musical partner who has written all the music on their albums. Uh, they've been performing together for years. Uh, I've worked with him in, in many capacities and he's been in a bunch of Peaches shows and he's just super talented and he's an incredible performer. Like he has created all of these songs and jingles and theme songs and underscoring and it, uh, for this radio show. And it makes the whole thing feel so rich and, um, it's, it's really fun to combine our talents. I'm excited about it. So I'm wondering where can people find information about the show? Yeah. So WQUR uh, does have a Facebook page. We don't have, uh, it doesn't have its own Instagram yet. It really should. But, um, <laughs> but you can uh, find the, the, it's uh, up on Spotify. Great. It's up on, um, uh, it's up, uh, the, the podcast app. Um, and, uh, and you can also find links to it on all four of our uh Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. As all of our listeners know, we had a regular segment called Ask Aunt Juki, where she talked about sex, answered people's questions about sex. It quickly became apparent in the middle of a pandemic that there aren't a lot of options for sex right now, unless you were with a partner in quarantine, which we kind of covered in uh, very quickly in two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to switch gears, and this is a topic on everybody's minds, um, and that is everybody's talking about putting on weight during the quarantine. Everybody is trying to figure out some way to get some exercise in with all the gyms closed. I went to Target here in Palm Springs. There are no free weights anywhere. Uh, I'm thinking about going online and trying to you know work find some workouts online. It just so happens that Vandela Cramp's partner, Gus, is a fitness trainer. So I got two in one t- uh, for this podcast. And Be- uh, Gus was on um, the uh, cruise with us, and I was very inspired by his eating habits. Of course, I didn't follow them, but I was inspired by them. And uh, I don't know, quite know what to call this segment because Gus's last name is Lanza. I thought about getting lean with Lanza, or uh, I-, I really don't know. I don't have... A catchy title for it. We're going to call it Fitness with Gus. Hello, Gus. Hi. How are you? How guys? are you? Oh, you know, I'm good. Um, I'm actually thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. So, <laughs> daydreaming. Um, we actually, yeah, probably, but only because we've run out of unhealthy things. Um, <laughs> we've been we've been indulging a bit this quarantine, um, just trying to maintain sanity any way we can, you know. And, um, and that's fine, right? People shouldn't feel guilty about that. Not at all. I think it's like a very difficult time for most people I know and anxieties are really high and, you know, you're cut off from, from all the things that you, you know, that make you you. Um, 
And and there is a, a certain amount of comfort from eating cookies and pasta and soup. And, you know, they don't call it comfort food for nothing. So, no, I, I give everyone permission to, you know, to indulge. And there's nothing you can't sort of work off, quote unquote, um, you know, around your house or once quarantine is over and you get back out there and, and move around a little bit more in your preferred ways of, of exercising. Do you have a uh, fitness set up where, where you are quarantining? You know, I actually do. So one of the reasons we, that Ben and I picked the place we ended up moving into is because it has enough space for him to have a studio, which he's never had, you know, has always just worked in his house where he lives. And so, you know, work kind of takes over. And so this has like a separate space for him to actually set up a studio so he can have work separate from home life finally. But Mm -hmm. it also had a separate space for me to set up a gym to eventually be able to see clients here um, out of the, the garage gym that I set up. Um, not sure when that can happen, but I mean, I think it'll be fairly easy to do the social distancing, you know, I'll see one client at a time and I can stand, you know, far away and I have all kinds of, you know, the sanitizer and wipes and all of that. And I, I could wear a mask and, you know, so I think it'd be actually quite easy for me to do it really safely. I just want to make sure that, um, you know, that I'm being responsible before I would start taking clients, you know, I want to make sure that you know, it's sanctioned and all of that. Um, but I, so I do feel very lucky that I was already sort of in process of setting up my gym. Um, you know, like you said, Heclina at target, there's no free weights left. There's nothing left online really. So right. I, I was, I was already starting, I already had a good amount of equipment and then I was sort of building up more once, um, quarantine was, was starting to be a thing that I knew was going to happen. And then now you you can't really find anything online. What can people use in lieu of weights? Uh, some people were saying paint cans or, you know. Oh, so much. So if yeah. you, if you know, if you live in an apartment and which this is the first time in got over a decade that I've lived in a house and not an apartment. So I feel, I feel really lucky to be where I am. But if you live in an apartment um, and you don't have access to like paint cans or, you know, something a little bit heavier, um, milk jugs are great. I think they weigh around eight to 10 pounds, perhaps. Okay. Um, if they're full, you can get those bigger sort of uh, water bottle, not not the gallon ones, but the ones that you like set on a countertop that have like the spigot. Sure. Um, those are a great option. Um, and if you don't have access to either of those, fill up a backpack with some clothes or books um, or if you have a duffel bag around the house, all of that stuff is great. The other thing too is, you know, for most people, uh, most people who are sort of like, maybe they work out, you know, two, two to three times a week, or, you know, they're not like the hardcore bodybuilders. Most people, um, can get a really great workout with just body weight. So you don't even need to really worry that you don't have access to any kind of additional mm-hmm. weight. So it's all about, you know, how do you use the clock, to kind of make your workouts feel more intense if you just have your body to work with and you don't have anything else. So it really is, your body is honestly the best tool. Um, and so for people, I also tell them, you know, for people who maybe they do take classes or they go and they lift weights all the time, now is also a great time to really like practice the basics, get really good at them, revisit them, revisit what a, you know, what a perfect push up looks like, revisit your basic squat. Mm-hmm. Um, Focus on, you know, if you have tight hips or tight lower back or something, focus on, you know, maybe practicing yoga or, or, um, maybe, you know, you, you've 
you need to do some core work, you know, to support your lifting that you've been doing. Now is a great time to really, you know, look up a class or two online and and practice like Pilates or something different, you know, to kind of mix it up. Okay, um, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, and I I try to tell people, you know, the same thing with like eating. I try to really encourage people not to think too much about are they doing quote unquote, the right kind of workout. Um, you know, I would say try to try to set a goal of moving your body 10, 15 minutes a day. Um, okay. that's like a really manageable amount. And, and I think for most people, the hardest thing is going to be, uh, you know, your routine is, is upended. And so, um, you know, once quarantine is lifted and those gyms are back open, a lot of people are going to find it hard to get back into the gym. So, so whatever you can do to keep daily movement as part of your routine, it's going to be that much easier to get back into the gym when quarantine is lifted and the gyms are open again. You know, if you just keep it up every day, little a little bit at a time, you know? Well, yeah, that all makes perfect sense. I, you know what? I want to thank you, Gus, for giving us these great yeah, options. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Let me ask you, uh-huh. who, do you have like an online presence where people can look you up and follow you? Yeah. So I actually have, uh, I, I haven't been using it as much. It's, it's for my training practice, but it's a uh, queer strength coach on Instagram. And then my regular Instagram where I definitely post more often is just Gus Lanza. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was our first episode with Gus Lanza for Fitness with Gus. Uh, you know what? You've inspired me, Gus, to maybe try and – I have been going for a swim every day and, and I, I do some hiking. But I, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm inspired to do some little you know, body core stuff here on my own. So thank you for that. I hope to see you sooner rather than later. But thank, let's give – Mark, let's give Gus Yay! a round of applause. Yay! Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you for slapping my fat okay. belly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay thank you well i want to thank our guest benda lacram so much for taking time out i was about to say busy schedule but (laughs) none of us none of us really have a busy schedule at the moment but i i want to thank ben for coming on and uh and talking with us and um i hope Fingers crossed that we get to do Drag Becomes Her in August in some form or another. I was actually talking to Peaches Christ, and you know, and what it might look like is we just do, you know, an extra show or whatever, like cut the audience in half, charge more for tickets. That might be what we'd have to do for gold. Who knows? Who knows? I hope we get to do it in August. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. And the benefit of a of a nationwide lockdown is that um you know, it forces us to have a real conversation. And I think that's um, truly the silver lining of this whole situation is you know, that we get to yeah. slow down and talk to each other. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know what I've found is everybody is available. It's like true. If, if I, if I email somebody who normally doesn't re- like respond quickly, they respond like within 10 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of silver linings, you know, I'm here in um, Palm Springs and I do get to go on hikes and nature is really thriving out here um, without people around. So, you know, that's a silver lining right there. Yeah. But, um, but so where can people find and connect with you, Ben Delacram? I am Ben Delacram across platforms. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and yeah, it's just at Ben Delacram. 
Okay, that's very easy. We talked to Darcy Drollinger last week, and it was very confusing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> jinx is like Jinx Monsoon on this, the Jinx on that, real right, right. Jinx on the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as Heclina. See how easy that is? Look at uh, that. Pl- yeah, please be, sure, please be sure to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anyone you can about Drag Time with Heclina. Be sure and check out Mark's special announcements on the Drag Time with Aquilina Facebook page regarding the Sideshow revival. You people who keep telling us they want more of Greg Sherrill, well, your pleas are being answered. Thanks again to Ben DeLaCreme and Gus and to everybody for listening in. And thank you, Mark. Thank you. And our next guest next week will be Alaska Thunderfuck. All right. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Drag Time with Heclina. Our guest this week was Ben de la Creme. Thank you to our contributors, Gus Lanza and Casey Goldsby. Drag Time artwork photograph is by Jose Guzman Colon, and graphics are by Nancy French. This episode was written, recorded, edited, and produced by me. I'm Mark.